My name is Kolea. My pronouns are they, them, there. And I am Mercedes. My pronouns are she, her, and sis. Ooh, I didn't know that, and I love it. No. <laughs> um, and this episode is an installation in our Queer Parent series. So, Mercedes, thank you so much for being part of it. Thank you for having me. Um, so, let's go ahead and dive in. Um what is your part, uh, your job, your identity in the community? Okay, I am, okay, so my identity is a lot of moving pieces. Ready? Because as I get new information, I like to update who I feel like I am. Okay. And I am a pansexual black femme who is in a cishet relationship. My partner, uh, my partner Craig and I have been together for two years. I am also a parent. I have an eight-year-old named Serenity and a one-year-old named Craig. And I am your resident shit talker upon the internet. If you've been following me on Facebook for a long time, like you already know the vibes. <laughs> Oh, wow. Um, so, Mercedes, how does your identity, your part in the community um, as a queer parent um, uh, and uh, our resident shit talker, how does that <laughs> how does that inform your wellness needs and your self-care needs? I have found as I've gotten older, because I'm 32 now, but I have found as I've gotten older that because I am also like a fat person, I spent a lot of my life trying to shrink myself and mm. not take up a whole lot of space. Mm. But I have noticed that more often than not, my voice gets lost because people don't really pay attention to, you know, most folks are are driven by aesthetics and because I don't fit into a certain aesthetic, I have found that my voice is getting drowned out. Mm. And so I've known, like, as I've gotten older, I've tried to use my voice to speak my truth and, you know, say it with my whole chest. Mm So as a parent and as a person who, who wants people who who have felt like me at my lowest to be free? Mm-hmm. I feel like it's my duty to tell the truth and you know with your whole chest. And my brand of truth telling is has gotten a lot brasher over the years, Ooh. but because you know the the situation is dire at this point. Yeah, like. The, um, the, the way that we condition our children, the way that we have been conditioned, like the unlearning and relearning of things, mm-hmm. like 
to directly go against the status quo, like you're choosing a very uh, a very lonely path, a very taxing path. Mm. But I don't argue with for, with folks on the internet no more. So <laughs> <laughs> that little piece is uh, has been removed from it. But I've noticed that as far as my wellness is concerned, I feel like me personally, as far as like things that you know trigger my depression or like my anxiety especially Mm -hmm. in like social settings Mm -hmm. I don't feel that way anymore because the fact of the matter is when you come to Mercedes you're you're getting the truth Mm because life's too short not to tell the damn truth and um it has made me feel freer and by that freedom i don't fall prey to the bouts of serious depression that i used to fall prey to when i was in my early 20s okay because like at one point i i wasn't going to be here anymore Mm. so i i had to find my voice i had to find my truth and i had to tell the townspeople about it and that has set me free And so, (laughs) I wish I had, like, a metric to, like, see how that particular behavior has affected, like, my actual, like, physical health. Mm -hmm. But, of course, we don't, we don't have a a measure of that. But I've noticed that I don't deal with the same type of depression that I did when I was in, like, my early 20s and, like, being a younger person. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, I, I really appreciate how you said that you basically are tired of not telling the truth and, and are kind of placing the expectation on other people of like, Hey, if you come to me, then you're going to hear the truth. Um, just, just so you know, um, and if you're not cool with that, then you know, fuck off. But, um, right. I got to let people know from the door. Yeah. Cause it's funny how folks love that brand of tell it, of tell it like it is mm. until it is turned on them. Oh yeah. And not saying that, you know, I try to weaponize it or whatever, but you know, everybody got a blind spot. And so mm-hmm. don't be mad if I point yours out. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> that resonates with me a lot. I think, um, that's definitely something that I, tend to surprise people um with whenever I do speak truth and am calling them out on their shit and I again I'm not doing it maliciously right like I'm not like I want you to feel bad about yourself but it's just like I mean since we're in the same room we might as well just be honest and this is honesty um so I do appreciate that and I think that um yeah, I mean, of course it's going to make people uncomfortable because I would feel uncomfortable in the same position of like, oh shit, you're calling my shit out and I wasn't even... Or just, you know, the the act of being actively gathered. Mm, yeah. Like, because it forces people to have to be intentional about the things that they say to you. Yeah. And the space that they take up when they're around you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, especially folks who are not used to taking accountability for the things that they do it is very jarring yeah and like i can think of a couple of instances like when we 
that just rekindled our friendship where you got my ass together about a couple of things. And I appreciate it because it wasn't about, you know, coming, you weren't coming at me or coming for me. You Mm -hmm. were just like, listen, sis, let me inform you of what has changed because Mm. the the options have changed. um, I appreciate that. You did it in such a way that, you know, it was real quick. It was very, it was more informational than confrontational and not even trying to like tone police you or anything. It was, it was a moment of uh, education. And instead of my ego getting in the way and feeling some type of way, like just get your ass with the program. Cause if you're going to deal with this person, you're going to get with, you know, how they, get down you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. if if that makes any sense because sometimes folks come into place and you know i i i try to uh put serenity on to the fact that you know sometimes when you get into a space you don't even think about how you just expand <laughs> and take mm. up all the space but um Yeah. Getting your boundaries off off the rip, like mm-hmm. so important. So Absolutely. Important. Do you, you Oh, go ahead. Do yeah. you find yourself having to um explain and exert your boundaries often with, you know, maybe new people, maybe um, I almost said pre-owned because of my job. Uh <laughs> Familiar people. Uh, new and pre-owned. Yeah, new and pre-owned people. <laughs> I really said that. Um, anyways, with new people and familiar people, like, do you find yourself having to um, remind people of the, of your boundaries, flex them a little bit, um, and just kind of come with some realness with them? Yes. Because folks do not realize how they have been indoctrinated with Mm. certain isms. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not even trying to be malicious about it. Like, for instance, like, fat phobia. Mm -hmm. Just little things like talking about weight. Mm. Like, you know when when thin people be like, Oh, I'm getting so fat because mm-hmm. I, I like pasta and cake. Like, <laughs> who doesn't like whoa, pasta sis, and cake? Like, uh, <laughs> hold on, let me tell you how that doesn't make any damn sense. Yeah, how that particular phrase is uh, is a tool of fat phobia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've noticed that folks will try to drop hints about things that they think about you that are less than you know palatable okay and they'll try to like project that onto you Mm. or try to like indirectly say things to like hint to you that they feel bad that you are a certain way and i'm like well that has everything to do with you and not me because you're uncomfortable that i am fat not me 
Yeah. Like, yeah. Your, your field, your electromagnetic field is being interrupted. And so <laughs> the fact that, and I'm, I'm the type of person that I don't get into a place and immediately start running my mouth. I like to observe. Mm-hmm. I like to check the vibe. I like to see who is doing the most talking in the room mm-hmm. and, you know, sort of adjust myself like that. Um, I can't say, be, well, mostly because of quarantine now, but I can't think of the last time. Actually, I can. The last time I was in a social setting was with people. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. People that I know and have known for a very long time. Mm-hmm. At, at one point or another, these people were very important to me. Mm-hmm. But you could tell that the dynamic had changed, not necessarily because of anything that I have going on currently, but like, you know how folks try to keep you in a space that they, like, we used to be in this space, Mm -hmm. and now, years later, I'm here, Mm -hmm. but you're used to dealing with me there. Mm -hmm. And so, in situations like, in that particular situation, I... We as a family went to a baby shower for some of our friends, mm-hmm. and it was a nice time, but there was, like, this underlying, like, I feel like something is going on. You know how when you're in a room and it feels like people are talking about you? Yeah. Yeah, like that. Mm-hmm. And instead of me getting a vibe and just going with it, I addressed it, not at the party, but, like, afterwards. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the same old song and dance, you're being insecure because, mm-hmm. as opposed to just, you know, assessing your behavior for a second. Like, yeah. when somebody tells you that they're harming them, it's not for you to refute. Like, yeah. Anybody, yeah. If, if I'm saying something to you, I care enough about you to think that you cared enough about me to change. Yeah, yeah. That's but a big one. the fact that you, that they would double down on the fuck shit, it hurt my feelings because it makes me feel like, okay, this relationship may have run its course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, ooh, I've been dealing with that grief all summer, though. Like, losing friends because yeah. of whatever reason. Because there's, there's two relationships I can think of in particular that have ended for two different reasons, but mm-hmm. one of them is because folks won't respect who I am now mm-hmm. as opposed to who you knew. Yeah. Because I'm not going to say that person is dead and gone. Nothing ridiculous like that. I'm just more involved. Yeah. Yeah. And people don't know how to handle themselves. Um, that's, yeah. Um, so when, um, when do you know that you need to engage in self-care? What are some signs for you, some triggers for you? When I am experiencing, like, anxiety, Mm -hmm. like, earlier today, we got a letter from the IRS, and of course, any letter from the IRS incites some sort of anxiety. Yeah. And so when I get, I get to feeling like that, I like to talk to my partner about Mm -hmm. like, 
like staying present and like what I'm feeling like in my body. Mm, yeah. And as I talk about those sensations, they sort of like unlock and are able to relax. Mm-hmm. And you know, I like aromatherapy. Okay. There is this black-owned cam- candle company out of Baltimore called Mercy's Nest. Say it again. And Mercy's Nest. Okay. And they have. I got a couple of things from them, but. Their lavender sage and chamomile candle. Oh wow, that's no so bad, peaceful. No bad vibes, please. Wooey. <laughs> Which girl, right in the state of Zen. But this is this has been an ongoing process, especially like since quarantine started, because mm-hmm. like I can't even speculate on what was going on like before the before time. Yeah, it's called BC <laughs> before Corona. <laughs> but now that we're in quarantine and you know you're worried about this pandemic Mm -hmm. you're worried about the stuff that they're doing in washington you're worried about what they're doing just in uptown charlotte Mm -hmm. and if you if you don't have a way to like recenter then you'll really be out here just losing your shit yeah every five minutes but like I like to, on days where I'm just feeling very emotionally drained, I like Mm -hmm. to take baths. So, I like to take baths. I like to get my aromatherapy going. Me and Serenity make it a point to give each other, like, nice long hugs. Mm -hmm. And taking a friggin' nap. Ooh, we love a nap. Every day. Wow. Ever since the quarantine started. Like, that sounds so great. Like, <laughs> I love yes. a nap. I love a nap. Um, you mentioned <laughs> you mentioned um, like your anxiety kind of uh, flaring up. What are some signs in your body and your mind that like help you know that your anxiety is increasing? I it always starts as like a tightness in my chest. Okay. And I can feel, like, the tightness in my chest, and almost immediately, my jaw gets tense. Ooh. So, and I'll I'll start talking very frantically, like, oh my goodness, this thing is happening, I don't know what's going on, but I'm feeling some type of way, Mm -hmm. and then, usually when I get the, I'm feeling some type of way out, I'll start crying, (laughs) because I cry, for many things. <laughs> and I'm glad I have, it's like, crying for me is like, uh, tapping the release valve on like a pressure cooker. Mm. Because I don't always, I am known for, at least when I was a child, blowing the hell up. Mm-hmm. Because I felt at the time that I had no voice. And yeah. so people wouldn't hear me unless I started jumping up and down. Yeah. I've learned that that (laughs) will raise my blood pressure. So instead of doing that, I like to, as the emotion comes, Mm -hmm. just let it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Just let it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm I'm definitely a a firm believer in um, experiencing whatever emotion you're feeling. Um, not necessarily getting caught up in it, right? So like I have anxiety, so I'm not saying just like sit here in this fucking pit of anxiety, but like, let me work through this and figure out what, you know, what triggered it or whatever. 
Um, and so I, I really appreciate what you said about just, all right, let's ride, let's ride this wave. Like we're in it, you know? Yeah. Instead of trying to like swim against it or whatever, it's just kind of like, it's going to take you where you need to go. You just have to kind of trust it. And that's it. Cause when you get to the other side of it, you're like, huh, I really needed that. Yeah. Or, or like it, it reveals something about you that maybe you didn't know. Like, you know, oh, I didn't realize that this particular situation that I'm in it was making me nervous, or I didn't realize that this person, this place, this thing was a trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm understanding why. I mean, even like, I remember, I love matcha, which is this green tea. But in, with matcha, instead of uh, steeping it, like you do with mm-hmm. like normal leaves, you actually like consume the leaves. They're, they're like mm-hmm. uh, pulverized, so they're in powder form. And I fucking love it. It tastes so good. I love, I, I used to work in like the coffee industry. And so I would always just make different drinks with it. And I could not for the life of me figure out why I was just being thrown into a full anxiety attack. Like it was triggered by nothing, right? It was triggered by nothing. I mean, like my anxiety was like particularly high at this point, but like it would just be like clockwork, right? I would get to work, I would make my matcha drink and then I would like go to work. And then I would be like, oh, I wanna die. You know, <laughs> like like 15 minutes later, I was like, oh, I, I just, I wanna end it all. Like, you know, I, I feel awful. Like I hate myself. Like I feel like I could cry, my body hurts. And it took me several weeks to figure out that like I was consuming too much matcha um, because like it's a, it's has caffeine in it. And so caffeine and it has a, a pretty good source of caffeine. Um, and so it was just causing me a trigger, but it, and it wasn't anything like emotional going on. Like no one said right. anything to upset me. I was like quietly working at my desk, literally wanting to just like end it all. Like I was like, I'm in a pit. It's over. <laughs> like throw me overboard. Um, and I was like, oh, I just keep, I just can't have matcha. <laughs> Like that's just, that's just it. I'm, I'm okay. I'm totally fine. I just need some water and like a nap and like. (laughs) And like being able to like step, to, to, to pause your racing mind for a second Uh or maybe take a part of your awareness away from the anxiety and sort of zoom out. Okay. Yeah. Is like, and this is, this is a learning thing. This is something that takes some practice and I am not an expert on it because I, I, I fail daily, but mm-hmm. being able to like zoom out and take a part of your awareness away from your anxiety yeah. and like sort of assess, okay, am I safe right now? Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. is it that I am about to have? What is it that I have just done to trigger this anxiety? Right, right. What, uh, what is evidence, what evidence do I have to support the anxiety that I am feeling? That mm-hmm. is one of my favorites. Like, that's really good. Assessing the situation, like, based like, on the facts. Exactly. Should I actually be feeling anxious? Am I in any yes. danger? Like, anything. Yeah. That's exactly because it. Because the anxiety and fight or flight and, like, adrenaline, I feel like it all comes from the same place mm-hmm. and it activates the same part of the brain. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, <laughs> me being like with my tinfoil hat on, but I feel like those <laughs> things all work together. Yeah. And so like, if you can just interrupt that thought process for mm-hmm. a second, like 
it it helps you you know calm down and think about things objectively and um that is uh something that we have been talking about in therapy therapy is an also is also a very important part mm-hmm. of my self-care I've been doing it for the last six weeks. I have a very nice black woman who has really put me on to how anxiety tries to assert a narrative that is not true if you give yourself a chance to assess assess the situation. Yes. And, like, (laughs) yeah, shout out to Aisha because she be getting my ass together. (laughs) My goodness. Because I be ready to spiral out. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> oh my goodness everything is just happening yes yes but. yes that's fantastic though you you kind of have already touched on it um but how do you take care of your mind your body your spirit you mentioned aromatherapy you mentioned naps you mentioned therapy um what are some other ways kind of you know mind body spirit wise that you do to take care of yourself we like to dance around Ooh. here and I, we just got put on to Toro Imois at the beginning of the summer. Say it and again? like, their catalog is so extensive, and it's just so good. And so we listen to, like, and we're going to shamelessly plug this song. The song is called New Beat okay. by Toro Imois, and that thing goes. Okay, like, I'll look it up. <laughs> That thing really goes. Because like, I do love to dance in my house. favorite song. Like, <laughs> and he's a little baby, so. Oh, the baby CJ. Okay, yes. Oh, yes. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, Craig and I are like, we're two very silly people together. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we've made it our business to, like, allow the sillier parts of ourselves to inform our parenting. Mm. And so, like, Things like having dance parties is is nothing. It's nothing to just break out our little baby JBL speaker and just cut a rug for a second. Yeah, that's amazing. I um, I am not the most physically active person because I am very top heavy. But when I get the opportunity to, like on the weekends, I like to go to Kannapolis where my mom lives and Mm -hmm. swim in her pool and that is always a treat because I feel like um the buoyancy of like the the feeling the weightless feeling of being in the water is almost like reparative if that makes sense okay and when I was uh working I used to work at the Ritz Carlton and they have a beautiful pool Mm -hmm. and when they would shut it down to clean it because I worked overnight, I swam for 45 minutes every, like five days a week. How? How? Meanwhile, I can't even fucking float in the water. So, wow. Yeah. The water, water is one of my favorite mediums, if not my favorite medium. Water sign. yeah, definitely. <laughs> and the fact that I'm a cancer and yes. like my my celestial ruling body is the moon and Oh, obviously. It was just written. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> but um dance parties definitely 
Um, I journal. Mm-hmm. I I used to call myself a poet, but I haven't. I feel like I haven't written a poem in so long. But like, I I look around and I have like notebooks, just notebooks, just full of stuff, mm-hmm. and like I'll write down an idea and like in my in my phone notes or whatever. Uh-huh. Write down an idea and like go back to it and like, damn, this fire. <laughs> <laughs> they see things with a lot clearer lens than we as adults see right because like they'll see a person but like as adults we've been conditioned to see like all the things that kind of don't matter (laughs) or like all the things that are quote wrong or different or weird about the person but children are just kind of like oh this is who you are as a human being great Right. Period. Because you could you could sell the idea that you identify as a unicorn faster to an eight year old oh, child. Than they will it. believe you, okay? Yes, and call you whatever you want. Yes, absolutely. I, I um there are these kids that who I babysit back whenever, you know, that was safe. And they got my pronouns. They get my pronouns. And it's, it was it was like and it wasn't even a conversation that I had with him. And it, it, I was nervous to have that conversation with their parents because I um, well, honestly, because like some there's a there's a lot of like homophobia, transphobia, queerphobia in the black community. And so sometimes it's really, really, really hard for me to tell if you are a safe black person or not. Um, I'm just kind of like because like they hide it well and then they'll just like be like oh i just don't understand and i'm just like okay but like i don't feel like explaining my existence to you and so a lot of times i don't really explain like what non-binary means i i'm just like listen you don't need to fucking understand my gender or lack thereof you just need to know how to address me right that's it (laughs) period they've been there i don't think i'm asking for too it's not and if you don't if you can't do it then literally do not talk about me or to me period yeah that's it but and so i was very nervous about coming out um whenever like they they were like hey you know we want you to babysit our kids and i was like cool right like i love babysitting black kids because i tend to babysit a lot more white kids because of like a side gig that i have and so every time I babysit black kids, I'm like, finally, like, it just feels good. Like, we have a good time. And like, they're probably not going to say some racist shit to me, to my face. Right. And their parents probably aren't going to call me the help. Um, so listen, <laughs> for like $12 an hour anyways. Um, but yeah, and so it was just very like. I was really nervous about it, but the mom had um, already followed me on Instagram and I had like posted it like fully not about like 
that family at all, but like about a different job, like a different employer that I like a taxed employer that I was working for who refused to use my pronouns and would just find weird ways of speech to like get around just using my fucking pronouns. Um, and I was really frustrated about it. And so I was just like, I hate whenever people know your pronouns and they don't use them on purpose. And that's really all I said. Like, and you know, the mom who I have a great relationship with was just like, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, you do follow my, <laughs> you, you do follow my Instagram stories. And so, but she had a conversation with her kids about it. And like, to this day, they, they like call me by my pronouns and like, and, and like are able to understand that. And, and they're like six and four now. Yeah, and I started babysitting them probably, I mean, over a year ago, probably two years ago. And even at the time, they were still getting my pronouns right, you know? And I'm like, okay, so it sounds like kids are not the problem. Kids are the ones who, like, get the shit. (laughs) It sounds more like um, we just, we, we decide and we make up false narratives like you mentioned before and like it's just kind of some bullshit yeah definitely in in short it is bullshit um (laughs) but yeah so i i like also hearing how you how your self-care does involve time with your family um dancing and and just hugging actually serenity the other day said that you were really good at hugs if you know i don't even remember what we were talking about but oh i think i i think i asked like maybe like who her hero was or something and she said oh yes 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 yeah and she said it was you and i was like what's something that your mom does that's like heroic or something like that and she was just like she gives really good hugs and i was like that's solid because there's some trash-ass hugs out there. <laughs> yeah. I actually, to take a more serious angle to that, uh-huh. like, my my mother is not a touchy-feely person. Okay. And uh, hugs from her feel a little inauthentic because oh, no. she is not this touchy-persy for. So she's like, oh, we're doing this because this is what we're supposed to be doing. Right, like, yeah. uh, and so whenever she does hug me, it's like, oh, goodness, we're hugging. Okay. (laughs) And I don't don't want Serenity to feel that way about me. Because I don't ever want to convey the attitude to her that I don't want her around. Mm, Like, yeah. I chose to have you, sis. Yeah. So it it is my pleasure to have you in my space. That's beautiful. And, um, you know, you you get upset with your children and you, you get annoyed because like any human being, they can be, you know, annoying. And yeah. sometimes they annoy you in the way that you annoy others. So, you know, that's, <laughs> you know, your karmatic retribution right there. But, <laughs> like, I, I noticed, like, especially, like, I want to say around the time she turned four Uh that we were headed down a path where I was just working so much and I was so stressed Mm -hmm. that I would forget that, you know, at the end of the day, Serenity hasn't seen you all day. And honestly, them other motherfuckers don't love you. This one does. So let's be present whenever we are with her even if we're tired Mm -hmm. 
because it's just, you know, she didn't ask to be here. You yeah. asked for her to be here. So yeah. make her feel like, you know, it is a pleasure for her to be here. That's wonderful. And it's important to me to let her know that, you know, listen, girl, whenever you want a hug or a kiss, give it to me. Because there mm-hmm. will be a point in time where you will not want to do this. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to miss your hugs and kisses. Oh, wow. That's really <laughs> special, though. The intentionality of that. Um, fantastic. So, yeah, mind, body, spirit. Um, what is something that you uh, need to or want to improve on in your self-care routine? Hmm. Maybe... Um... I'm trying to think of how I can enhance this this experience. I guess just um, making sure I don't get so overloaded mm-hmm. with like stuff to begin with, like not taking on more than I can handle. Oh, gotcha. Before it gets too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like, especially like, um, in certain dynamics where you're like the eldest, and are you the eldest? I am, yeah. Yes, Mm -hmm. like, the responsibility falls on us Mm. to do a lot of, fill in spaces that we necessarily didn't sign up for, particularly, uh, particularly Femleaning people, mm-hmm. they they are expected to take on, especially like maternal roles, yeah, and like family dynamics. And so, a lot of the time, in my particular situation, I do a lot of the emotional labor because I am the most emotionally literate, mm-hmm. and not you know for any other reason than you know I'm. I'm more prone to be an emotional person. So, mm-hmm. of course, like, I'm able to help others sift through mm-hmm. their stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, not taking on more emotional labor than I am able to carry. Mm-hmm. So then I feel the burnout. So then I have to, you know, recharge for a whole damn week. Yeah. That sounds a lot like boundaries. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I do think that Sometimes it's hard to, for me, to um, exert those boundaries, even whenever we see that it's happening. Yes. Um, Especially if it's like a family or a close friend who I like really love and care about. um, Then it's hard for me to, I mean, it's hard for me to say no. And it's because it's like, I know that I can do the thing, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever the thing is. Um, I know that I'm 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 adequate um, or even good at whatever the fuck the thing is, right. um, but I, kind of leaning back to the um, being the eldest child um, and having to take on all these things, but not being allowed to exert a boundary right. um, as a you know as a child, <laughs> right? Because I'm I was a child. And, uh, and I, at the time, you know, had one, then two, then three, and now two brothers. And so there was a lot of responsibility, 
that I didn't ask for and that I didn't wasn't able to like opt out of. Right. Um, and so I think that kind of I think that sets folks like us up for boundary issues in the future in our adulthood. And so I, I do yes. I, I see kind of how that can be hard for us to say, well, if I cared about this person, then I should say yes to whatever it is, um, because that's what we're told. Okay, you know, you need to love your younger sibling, and this is, I'm telling you how you love your younger sibling, by babysitting them, by having dinner ready, by, you know, staying home every day in the summer and not being allowed to leave the house. That was, that was like my reality a lot, because I had to babysit my brothers. I was childcare. Um, and like, you know, getting dinner ready. And that was like middle school shit, right? right. <laughs> like, right. I wanted to be out like in the streets. Yes, yes. And right. like making sure that like, you know, making sure that they were uh, reading enough or... Um, bathed you know doing their chores doing my chores and like listen i wasn't old enough to run a household (laughs) i'm 32 am i still old enough to run a household because like i like i had to like make my own dinner tonight like (laughs) and then i'm gonna have to like wash the dishes and i'm just like "Mm, i don't know if i'm like ready um let me just go ahead and say Fuck washing the dishes. I hate it so much. Yes, it is the worst. It literally, my entire life, I've been like, okay, so I'm just going to stick my hand in this nasty ass water. And they're like, oh, it's clean water. I'm like, it's not clean water. Because as soon as you start scrubbing the dishes. So now I don't even run dishwater, right? I'm like, let me just wash this individual shit. And if it got to soak, then... I guess it's soaking, but yeah, no, I don't fill a sink with water. I can't. It it skeezes me out. I literally like will start dry heaving. It's very dramatic. So, so I love um I love a dishwasher. I love a dishwasher. Um, grew up using one. Um, I think that's a very um suburbs of uh South Charlotte kind of situation, and I'm actually really cool with that part of my upbringing. <laughs> There's a machine that washes the dishes for you. Listen, Why am I washing my own dishes? Is, has to have a dishwasher. Oh, absolutely. I, I I believe I will say a little prayer for you about that. I <laughs> because with you, you wouldn't think you had so many if you didn't have to wash them all every day. Yeah, yeah. You're like, wow. I feel like I just used this plate. Why am I washing it again? Whenever my partner and I were like talking about like trying to figure out the things that we needed or or wanted in a house, one of the main things was we needed a kitchen that made us want to cook because we both had lived in uh, at the time we're living in like we were living separately and my kitchen was I lived in like this old uh, duplex in East Charlotte um, and the rest of the, the, the house was cool. But like the kitchen was so small and it didn't have a dishwasher. So we had to hand wash the dishes, which is fine. 
Um, but because it was so small, we had, and we, because we didn't have like something to like hang, like to wash and then dry the dishes on, we had to have like a drying rack for the dishes. And that took up over 50% of our counter space. Like that's how small the kitchen was. So then I had to buy like a cart so that we would have room to put like the toaster oven, the coffee maker to make a fucking sandwich. And it was just like a whole thing. And so, and then my partner's um, kitchen at the time, like literally had a lean to it. Okay. Like, no. <laughs> like literally you can, and like, it wasn't like you would notice it only if you were cooking. It was like, okay, I'm now I'm walking into the slope, into the kitchen and the, 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 the range was like leaning. So you couldn't like make like, an omelet, you know, because <laughs> it was evenly. <laughs> yes, yes. So you just, yeah. Which you know, I'm not an omelet person, but my partner is. But yeah, and so it was just like that kind of stuff. And so we were like, wherever we move, we want to be like inspired by the kitchen because we were just so tired of like, and and it was like we both we lived in like old places that needed renovation. And like, that was like kind of shot, like shoddily put together. And so it was just like, no matter how much you cleaned, there was just bugs. And I was like, listen, I'm done. Okay. And so we ate out a lot more too, because literally I was like, I don't want to fucking cook in my kitchen. The refrigerator sometimes breaks down. It was, just, it was a thing. So I'm really grateful for that. So all that being said, I'm going to help manifest, um, <laughs> help manifest. A beautiful kitchen for you. Not just a dishwasher, Mercedes. Do you want a kitchen island? Yes. Okay, we're manifesting that. Uh, <laughs> do you want two sinks, one with a garbage, a dish, a garbage disposal? Yes. You're getting that. <laughs> oh man. Wait till I tell Craig. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, but, um, one last, I guess one last question is, um, what is something that you excel at in self-care? Something that I excel at in self-care. I, I do really enjoy the ritual because it's a ritual at mm -hmm. this point of That's like great. washing my face. Ooh, Okay. I've taken this quarantine to learn how to do a little makeup. Okay. And so when I take it off, like I enjoy the steps that it takes to get to the finished product. Mm -hmm. And so like my skincare has really like ramped up mm -hmm. because like I've done a whole bunch of research on the yeah. things that I need for my skin. Uh -huh. And like, I think I have a pretty good regiment, but like my facial game is definitely on point. Okay. And the act of like taking the makeup off, uh -huh. washing your face with the little electric scrub brush. Oh shit. Looking at your, your cotton ball after you've done your toner, like, ew, look at all this shit that I thought I got off my face. <laughs> I love um, that. I love like playing with the serums and stuff okay i feel like and as like, we get older we're like mm, serums yes because <laughs> yes. i love it's a serum funny. now and i never even was like i don't know i just want some regular soap and like some lotion on my face and now i'm like a drop here a drop there rub it upwards uh -huh. and i'm having a good time 
Yes. <laughs> that is so fun. And, um, like, I have a jade gua sha tool. Ooh, I was so ready for you to talk about it. Tell me about yes. it. <laughs> it is, it's a lot bigger than the picture on Ulta uh, put me on. But actually, like, I got the idea from I Heart Erica. Oh, I love, I love them. They, they do their gua sha every so often. And, like, I would look at their face after it was over, and it was like, oh, my God, they're radiant. And I'm like, wow, I, this. I need to get on it. Okay, so and, so, and that's the, it's like a flat, it's like a flat um, thing uh-huh. that you're using? Okay. And it's got, like, grooves on one end, and mm-hmm. then, like, a continuous curve on the other. Okay. To, like, get the nooks and crannies of your face. But, oh, like, shit. using it to, like, drain the lymph nodes and, like, jumpstart the circulation and Ooh. it feels real nice because it's always cool when I take it out of the box uh-huh. and for like extra cooling on days where your face feels really like inflamed you uh-huh. can put it in the freezer <gasps> woo wee okay Mercedes am I gonna buy one of these things because like you're <laughs> selling me on it <laughs> they're so inexpensive yeah I had to like tell the townspeople it's, <laughs> it's funny because like my cousin Daryl had seen me because I, I put sometimes on my Instagram mm-hmm. feed when I do my gua sha and he was looking at it like, what's that? And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a Jake gua sha tool. I use it to uh-huh. do my face. And he was like, I'm definitely about to look into that. Like, it cool. looks so okay. peaceful. Uh, That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I think I'm going yes, to get one now. experience. Like... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if you want to feel like a fancy bitch, get you a fancy <laughs> Well, that's all you had to tell me. If you want to feel like a fancy bitch, of course I want to feel like a fancy bitch. <laughs> Obviously. I grew up in the suburbs. I love a dishwasher. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I really, I think that's really neat. I, um, that you have such a good routine for your face. I admittedly don't, okay? If I put makeup on, um, it's very unlikely that I'm going to wash my face before I go to bed. I I don't wear a lot of makeup, but, like, you should still wash your face. Um, (laughs) Like, I wash my face when I wake up. (laughs) I've fallen asleep with a full face before. Like... Just, you know, you get to the end of the day and you're like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, listen, I put on my lock sock and that's what I'm going to do. Like, that's where I draw the line. I'm not washing my face. Um, Yeah, I used to be really, really bad about that. Because I would like get drunk or whatever. And then, of course, I'm not washing my fucking face when I'm drunk. (laughs) Kidding me? I'm literally taking off all my clothes and I'm getting in bed. Like that is what I'm doing. But, you know, as I've gotten older, I've developed my uh, go to bed drunk routine. So it actually does involve flossing. I'm very proud of myself for that. I'm like standing at, you know, like barely standing, leaning up on the countertop, just flossing. Drunk. (laughs) All right. (sighs) So speaking of manifestation, um, we are going to play manifestation math. 
Um, and so with Manifestation Mash, it's kind of like the game that a lot of us played as a kid. Um, there are four different categories, and within each category, uh, Mercedes is going to list four different things. But instead of the kid version where um, you name things that you don't want and like maybe one thing that you do want, um, all the things are things that like Mercedes is going to be like cool with um, or would like to have. Um, just because, you know, manifestation is real, so we don't want to like fuck some shit up. Um, but yeah, so the four, the first category, um, and name four things is, um, where, like on a map, would you want to live? Okay, I definitely see myself in the next three to five years moving to Wilmington, North Carolina. Ooh, okay. Because I need to be on the coast. And I feel like the coast is lacking some flavor that I am more than happy to bring. Oh, wow. I also like, um, um, Hampton, Virginia. Okay. Because I always said if I were to live anywhere, like still, while still being on the Eastern seaboard that was in North Carolina, it would be Virginia. Okay. Um, let's just go ahead and say, like, uh, let's do, uh, California, because I've always wanted to live out in Cali. Okay. Uh, and, hmm, another place. Let's go ahead and say Trinidad. Oh, Okay. You know, shout out to the massive. Have you ever but, been there uh, before? No, I have not. But I, there are a lot of people that I love from that island. Okay. So. Same, actually. Um, all right. The next one is um, career slash something you just want to do for the rest of your life. <laughs> I entrepreneur that's actually one of that is one of my mantras i am an entrepreneur we love it i i want to own my own restaurant yes and in a i don't want it to be like this giant thing Mm -hmm. i want it to be just manageable enough that i am able to maintain my life and my children and be able to take a break for like three months Ooh, Um, yeah so yes uh Restaurant owner operator, I would like to um I would like to run a nonprofit okay. that doesn't involve exploiting the people that I am serving and just actually getting down to serving them. Okay, I hear you speaking words. <laughs> um the best mom I can be, for sure, because that is just so important to me. Mm-hmm. And um, my most authentic self. I love it. Okay. Next category is um oh their your home building. Like, what kind of physical structure do you want to live in? 
I want a ranch-style house with a big front porch. Ooh, that's very important to have the hiccups, y'all. And if... Okay, I want a ranch-style house. We'll do a two-story house with a basement. Mm. A, um, a compound, because I would like to own some parcels of land. Okay. And then have my family come and, like, live on it. So a compound. Okay. And then the last thing is um, somewhere with on the water that okay. I have my own, like, pier. Ooh, a private pier. Okay. Yes. I think there's something very um, queer about wanting to own a compound. <laughs> I feel like every single person that I've like talked to who is queer in some capacity wants to live like in a commune or on a compound kind of situation. And I think it is so funny. Like, and then I, and then I'm like, think about myself and I'm like, do I want to live like that and then I'm like yeah obviously I want to live like that I just want my own room and bathroom exactly. <laughs> like my own space to get to but all of us living together absolutely yeah I feel like queer folks like a lot of their a lot of a lot of our motivation is to like find community yeah like yeah community that actually is not you know repulsed by us being you know us existing yeah or trying to be our full selves yeah well and without having to do all that explanation right like without having to like you know i'm I'm queer i'm poly i'm whatever and like having to explain to people and you know wonder if they're gonna want to get it right because some people like will listen and just like fully not want to get it Right. So yeah, I think that I think that maybe is why like communes and compounds are like a common queer um yeah, definitely. common queer canon is just literally like we just want to I just want to be left alone. I just want to I want to be queer and I want to be left alone and I want fresh fruits and vegetables and yes. I don't want to have to explain my pronouns or like what this means or what that is. Or just, just, just being with other folks that Yes, I want to just exist and mind my business is truly what yes. I want. Yeah. Um, okay, and then the last category is your legacy. What do I want my legacy to be? It's interesting that you bring up this point because my mother got us a free trial at Ancestry.com. Okay. And I've traced my relatives up until 1821. Oh, okay. And we found a picture of my grandmother Iris with, that's my mom's mom, Mm -hmm. with her parents and our uncle Junior. Mm -hmm. And she just looked so unhappy. Your grandmother did? 
Yes, she couldn't have been more than six years old. Okay. And she looked so unhappy. And, like, not saying that those that came before me shouldn't be honored, but honestly, I feel like if, as far as legacy is concerned, I would like to honor the folks that I know that directly impacted me. Okay. And so... I would like to exalt my grandmothers as the matriarchs of our family. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, I want to keep, because you know how the, the, the government has the census. I want to keep the records of our family like giving giving names to people that we otherwise wouldn't have known. Mm-hmm. So record keeping is something that is very important to me as far as legacy is concerned. Okay. Um, honoring the folks that directly impacted me, that came before me, as you know, when they become ancestors, because mm-hmm. my, my grandma Iris is still with us. Okay. Uh, Another thing. Okay, wait, was that one thing or two? Oh, no, that was two. Okay, great. I got um, record keeping, like, as far as your family goes, and yes. then I got, like, exalting and honoring your ancestors and the matriarchs in your family. Those are two separately? Yes. Okay, great. Perfect. Um, I would like to... Hmm. Oh, God, I just had it. <laughs> I want to come up with a cookbook Ooh. That, that my my grands and great grands and however long after that can continue to use and like keep yes. in the family because so I've special. had a lot of just real good stuff mm-hmm. and stuff that we eat often uh-huh. and you know once like I say all the time when Serenity goes away to wherever she's gonna go to and then come back. She's going to miss my food. Oh, of course. So, definitely, like, a, a family cookbook. Uh-huh. And then I also would like to leave that parcel of land that I talked about. Okay. I would like to leave that to my family. hmm Because I'm not really concerned about being rich as much as I am concerned about carving out our own space that people can't just take from us yes yes that's wonderful because stability is something that i lacked a lot in my life Uh and so it is just imperative for me to get somewhere and like get some roots into the soil Mm -hmm. and you know see what see what this tree what fruit this tree is going to bear with me putting all my energy into this stability. Yeah. I love that. Um, I think that's something that um, Serenity and CJ will, will like understand and be grateful for, you know, they'll see like the work that you did to provide just a space for them, like a literal physical space. So Mm -hmm. that's really neat. Um, okay, well, um, if you will choose a number between 1 and 11. 
I like nine. That's a good number. Here we go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. All right. Just crossed off own a restaurant. Now, I always say just because it's crossed off doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. It just means, you know, other shit's going to happen too. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Crossed off Hampton, Virginia. Crossed off uh, most authentic self. So again, these are things that are going to happen anyways. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're getting crossed out to indicate that they've already... Oh! Oh! It's already coming to pass. Ooh! Like, done. Check. Next. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I love that, actually. Um, I just crossed off two-story uh, two story house with a basement. Okay. Crossed off Wilmington. Crossed off record-keeping. Crossed off best mom, which means you already are. Yes, I did it. You did it. <laughs> um, so as far as career goes, we have run a nonprofit um, and like actually serve the people. Nice. Uh, just crossed off exalt matriarch and your ancestors. Crossed off parcel of land. It's already there. This makes me so excited. Like, a lot of these things are all going to come, I feel like, at the same time. Uh And I see some of these things in my mind's eye so clearly that they have no choice but to materialize. Ashe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So for our legacy, we have the cookbook. Hey, come on. I like that. All right. Across off compound. Cross off private pier. So for home building, we have ranch with a porch. A hey. Big porch. See. A tool critic. Because who is trying to walk upstairs? Trying to live in the house forever. I do always wonder about that. Like folks who, you know, as they get older and they live in like these houses with like that are really big and have lots of stairs. I'm just like, that's actually just really, it's dangerous, you know? Yes, very. And then you're having to be secluded to one part of your house. Exactly, exactly. And then it's like hard to keep up with maintenance of that house because you can't get up the stairs and stuff like that. So yeah, I I th- I think I think way too much about that. And my my partner's uh mom owns a I guess it's a tri a tri split level house or whatever. And and she's like young and healthy. So like I'm I'm not like immediately worried, but I do just think like, you know, as she gets older, is she going to feel comfortable? Because they're literally like 
to get to her bedroom, she has to go up the stairs. To get to the kitchen, she has to go down the stairs from her bedroom. To get to the this other bathroom, she has to go down more stairs. And then, you know, so there's just lots of stairs to get inside the house, you know. Um, so, yeah. Um, okay. So, are you ready? Yes. I think you're really going to love this. Okay. okay. Are we <laughs> You will be living in a ranch with a large porch in the great, wonderful, beautiful place called Trinidad. Hey! Hey! <laughs> Where you will run a nonprofit that actually serves the people. Beautiful. And your legacy will be a cookbook. Meh, 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 meh. Yay. I'm, I'm cool with all that. Yes. Yes, I shave. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Brilliant. That's a beautiful life. <laughs> yes. Especially the lo- not living in the U.S. part. So. All right. Um, so next, um, if you have any, like, so this is the part where if they had, if we had listener letters, we would um, answer a few of those. So if you do, people who are listening have, um, listener letters, then you can slide in the DMs, um, of Namaste podcast, N-A-M-A-S-E podcast, or, um, send an email, um, to namaste podcast dot er, at gmail.com. Um, but, um, since we don't have any listener letters, this is me opening the floor to Mercedes. If you have anything that any advice you want to share, it could be even random things. Um, or if not, we can move forward. I, um, Craig and I talk a lot about what our politic is going to be as far as when the kids become, um, older. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to take this opportunity to let our parents know out there that when you when you broach a subject, you just tell your kids the truth. Ooh. Tell your kids the truth in an age appropriate way, but okay. do not hide the truth from them. Okay. Because they'll they're always gonna find out what it is mm-hmm. and you either want you either wanna keep them informed or they're gonna find out the hard way. So do not be afraid to tell your children the truth. Yeah. Um as far as like trying to explain to serenity about these concepts about how you know gender doesn't really gender is not really that important as far as you know who you are or who your friends are Mm -hmm. or like what people do in their lives Mm -hmm. that particular conversation having it with serenity was easy for me because she is being raised in an environment where she sees a lot of different a lot of different people mm-hmm. and a lot of different like ways of life and a lot of different ways of being mm-hmm. and I've opened the floor to her being able to ask a question without you know getting upset or like defensive about it yeah cuz like even like her you had posted something today about 
talking to your kids about people and their pronouns. Oh, yeah. And she and I had a conversation about how, you know, you may present one way, mm-hmm. but Kalea prefers if you use they, them, there when you talk about them. Mm-hmm. As if, you know, well, how do I know if they're a he or a she? They are telling you that they are neither. Mm-hmm. And that is not for you to try to, um, I guess, conceptualize, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. Like, people are what they tell you they are, mm-hmm. despite what they look like. So yeah. don't, don't always let what you see inform the way you treat folks Mm -hmm. and I say the same thing with like fat phobia and like homophobia and transphobia and just like these things do not make these folks bad Mm -hmm. it makes them different and even if it even if you don't live your life that way, that doesn't mean that they should stop living the way they want to because you don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Everything is not everything is not here for your pleasure. Everything is not here to serve you. Yeah. So with that being said, if you don't honor people the way they ask you to, don't be surprised if they don't want to deal with you. <laughs> people really do be surprised too, so that's a good point. <laughs> And listen, and I feel like a lot of this stuff can be, you know, extended to, like, adult conversations. But, you know, adults, they tend to be very rigid. Oh. <laughs> Whereas I can say these things to an eight-year-old, and she's like, okay, I can get with that. Yeah. And that's all we want. We just want you to get with it. <laughs> like, yeah, because it's, it's really not that hard. It's not. Like, but yes, tell your children the truth, and... Don't be afraid to, you empower your children when you empower yourself. So don't be afraid to talk about anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know a lot of our parents were scared to fucking death to talk to us about anything. Yeah. And, that, and I but, think whenever we see that fear, then that means that we internalize that as being like, one, this is something bad. And then this is something that right. I should stay away from. Right. Um, or it's something that I should gravitate towards to, you know, get back at my parents or whatever. And like, then you're, you know, maybe the kids end up being exposed to something that they should not be exposed to, or they're in, they become in just dangerous situations. And it's all because they were like, there's a bug on the mic. Um, it's all because, um, you know, they they were like, well, my parents, you know, said left. So I went right. And there was a cliff. <laughs> you know? So, um, so yeah. Like your children being informed, especially by someone that they know and trust is more important than your your comfortableness about it mm-hmm. yeah well and i also think like and i don't know that i necessarily have the space to say this as someone who does not have a uh, a human child that i'm raising um but like they're like people are like oh there isn't a manual for parenting Right. Right. But there actually are a lot of resources out there (laughs) for parenting or for just being around kids. 
Um, and of course, like every child is different because every human being is different. But like, if you're like, I don't know how to have this conversation about gender with my kid, then like, I don't know, like the internet is, is you're, you're probably already paying for it. Yes. <laughs> for real though. And so I think that like, I think that now that can be used as like an excuse um, of just like, oh, I, I didn't know. And so I couldn't tell my kids otherwise. And I'm like, okay, so you were willfully being underinformed. Great. And now, because like after a while, you're choosing that ignorance. Cause yeah, like your I'm not gonna look at it, and so my kids are never gonna know about this. And that, I mean, as someone who grew up not realizing that, like not being with like a man um, was an option, because I just was, it was never talked about. Like queerness was never addressed in in my family. As like it wasn't like bad, and it wasn't good. It was just zip nothing yeah something that wasn't even on the radar yeah and so i was like i didn't know there were options like i didn't know that like i don't have to be with a man and i told you i think probably before we started recording this that i was just like guess i'll just spend the rest of my life alone because i'm not living that life (laughs) i was prepared okay and fine with it i was like great i'm gonna get two dogs and we're gonna live and it's happily ever after um and even then like because i had almost the exact opposite like uh upbringing because my mom is a queer woman uh and she had she was with mostly women my entire childhood Mm -hmm. as a matter of fact right up until like all up and through college Mm -hmm. she had a a femme partner Mm -hmm. and so as far as like like from the jump I never had any qualms about seeing two femme presenting people together Mm -hmm. or two masculine presenting people together because that was you know a Saturday night at our house yeah but either way like maybe coming out to my mother wasn't that difficult but like to my dad was I was shook like Mm -hmm. and like the especially my heterosexual friends who talk about you know some of my relationship choices in the past and like they look at the relationship that I have with Craig Mm -hmm. and like oh well what's up with that and I'm like what's up with that you you love who you love like I never said that I was just you know one way and honestly you fuck around and we get some AI going and I'd be attracted to a robot why the hell not (laughs) (laughs) did not know where that was going I can can see myself (laughs) being attracted to a robot (laughs) Oh, I'm sure there's a word for that. I don't know what that uh, what that word is though. Um, okay. I love how the language just makes itself up. Yeah, yeah. They're like, this is a thing that has probably always existed, but now people want a name for it. So uh... <laughs> here it is. Is it no? Is it um, a l l o sexual? Allosexual. 
I've never heard that. Now I feel like I have to Google now it. Now I'm about to look it yeah, up. Yeah, look it up and see. <laughs> I don't want to misspeak and like, you know, misrepresent um, a different group, but I feel like that might be like it. Like, I think it's like to uh, non-living, non-animal, non-human objects. Oh, it's a it's a term that is used to challenge the assumption of sexual attraction as the norm. Oh, then I was. Oh, so it's used in the asexual community. Oh, okay. So my bad to all allosexuals out there for misspeaking. Yes. We'll do some more investigation work on whatever I'm talking about. (laughs) We're we're actively learning in real time, folks. It's happening. You you heard it here today. Um, (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah, I really appreciate that, especially the bits on parenting and being honest with your kids. Um, Yeah. They'll, they'll definitely thank you for that. So, um, this government is not going to tell anybody the goddamn truth. So you tell the truth to yes. your damn kids. Don't leave it up to the government because they Please will lie. Because they'll fail you every time. That's what they're here for. Um, <laughs> okay. And now's the part where we, uh, you tell me um, all the promotional things, all the things that you do. Okay, well, I'm ready. First off, if you will, please follow me on Instagram. My personal account is in my other bins. And other is spelled O T H A. So, it's a um it's a, a a Kanye West line from um God, what's that song? They send me because I pulled up in my other bins. And it's funny because I hate car jokes because I've been hearing them all my life. (laughs) But that's the one car joke I was okay with making. (laughs) Um, So follow me at In My Other Bins on Instagram. I also have my food business called Eat underscore with underscore mercy on Instagram. Um, We sell plates. Because we're not exactly legit, but the more customers we get, the more we can get legitimate. What do you mean um, you're not legit? What does that mean? Well, not not, not not legit as in we don't exist because we are an entity. However, we are not recognized by the United States government. <laughs> by who? We don't know her, so <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> we are not recognized by the state. If you come eat with us, you will be coming to my house. Okay. So, it, home cooked is what we're is what we're specializing in. Definitely. Like you know, I think that it would be really beneficial for you to maybe describe a few of those dishes because maybe it's because I'm hungry right now. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, okay, like y'all, I, this um, shit's good. We we specialize in wings because, of course, wings are very easy to get and everybody loves chicken except for our vegan friends but we're working on we're working on getting some some vegan goodies like every time you post something about something looking extra delicious like i have to look it up because (laughs) i am going to i dip my toe in the 
in the vegan pool making uh, vegan treats. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have a little offshoot of the business called Sweet with Mercy. I make cannabis-infused edible treats of all shapes and sizes. We're still so working so on good. the recipe. But, um... We got cookies on deck. I'm trying to be the Mrs. Fields of edibles. Like, <laughs> it's real out here. Like, they're really good too, y'all. I've had them. I've had several, actually. Uh, they're delicious. But as far as like Eat With Mercy, we do dinners on Fridays and Saturdays. We're trying to become more consistent. Okay. Coming up here in September, though, you'll see a lot more of the Friday dinners because we are trying to move and so we're trying to get up as many resources as we possibly can so of course, yeah you'll see more offerings and you know go follow us at eat underscore with underscore mercy on instagram and you will see all of the goodies as i post them and um uh yeah we be cooking like for real <laughs> yes and if you want if you want to see some of our offerings please go to the instagram because we like to take pictures yes um also i have a gofundme because craig and i are not working right now and unfortunately craig is going to be forced to have to go back to amazon just so we can Bust a move real quick. Mm-hmm. But we do have a GoFundMe, and the link is in the bio of both my personal Instagram account and my business Instagram account. Okay. So, any donation is welcome. I appreciate you guys for your consideration off the rip. Um, we're not going to be fucking around with your with your money. We're, we're trying to get some place else to live because our lease is almost up and this property management company can you know go to hell Mm -hmm. but um both of the the links for the gofundme are in my bio on my personal instagram account and my business instagram account and i look forward to you know newcomers and I hope y'all like the content. <laughs> the food looks so good, and the treats are legitimately amazing. I, and my lightweight ass be like trying to buy like five at a time. <laughs> like I could even eat one like brownie without just getting entirely fucked up. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'm. I like. I'm not playing games with y'all. No, no, no. But it, they're so good. So I'm like, I just want to eat this whole brownie and just lose my mind so yeah fantastic do you have anything else um no just uh i hope y'all stay safe out there because it is very scary the times but if you've got some fight in you go out there and give them hell yeah and don't be allowing these assholes to put their foot on your neck Mm-mm. and all of that. You you existing is a, is a revolutionary act. So keep on. Yeah. 
Um, so y'all, that's the end of our episode. Um, if you would go follow us on Namaste Podcast um, on Instagram, it's spelled N A M A S E Podcast. Um, and then our email um, is Namaste Podcast at gmail.com. If you have any listener letters, you want some advice on things, I can keep it anonymous. I can blast your name if you want. Um, then you can. Or we can give you an alias. alias Ooh, is- those are fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to like be good about actually keeping them though. Um, I can give you a fake name. Um, but um, then you can slide in the DMs um, or you can send a nice email. Um and I appreciate y'all for listening. Thank you so much, Mercedes, for being on this podcast. Um, Thank you for having me, Kalea. It was I a pleasure. Such a wonderful conversation with you. Yes. Um, so y'all, we're all done. Um, namaste and Ashe. Have a good one. Yeah.